Welcome back to the Auctions Plus In Conversation podcast. We know we've got the latest weather and markets with Carl Linders and also Tim McRae, but we better go straight to our, what seems like a resident weatherman, because we know the weather matters with Carl Linders. Carl, it's great to have you back. Ollie, hello to you. Mate, can you tell us whereabouts in the country are you coming to us from? I am coming to you from Southern Victoria. I am in Melbourne this week and uh, I can certainly looking out the window. It's uh, looking fine and sunny, but by the time people are listening to this podcast, I'm sure there would have been a pretty sharp temperature drop past through Southern and Eastern Australia. It's pretty much headlining a very busy weather period, Ollie. It feels like uh, things, well, maybe just because I've been looking at the news a little bit less, but it seems like things for the first fortnight in a very long time, we haven't had significant or severe weather to report, but what's been happening across the country? Well, there has been some reasonable rain across parts of Queensland, which have missed out on uh, significant wet season totals. It's been quite an interesting year so far for Northwestern and Western Queensland. Some areas picking up two to three, maybe even four months worth of rainfall uh, in the last two weeks with a pretty significant moisture point. That was great for our cattle farmers up through the Northwest there of Queensland. Now, through the coming uh, little while, Ollie, we are looking at this cold outbreak through southeastern Australia. It's going to produce some widespread showers and a major temperature shift. The last piece of the puzzle for the autumn break to unfold across Australia. We've seen the rainfall across widespread areas. Now we just need the temperatures to drop. And we're seeing that this week. We are looking at temperatures up to 15 degrees below average in some parts of South Australia and Western New South Wales with some frost issues and some grazier issues across southeastern parts of the nation. But all that should be gone by the end of the weekend. Then all eyes go back to Queensland next week. We are looking at a significant pool of moisture coming in again from the tropical north. And that's likely to link up with an upper trough producing widespread above average rainfall as we head through uh, most of next week. So that's taking us through to around about the 10th, 11th, 12th of May. And that should linger up over parts of New South Wales through the back half of next week. So taking us through to about the 13th and 14th. So some major rainfall potential in the east. Out west, it's dry, it's warm, it's sunny. Another week of fine weather. That takes us through to around about the 10th of May. We should start to see some rain developing out of the Indian Ocean from around about, I'd say, Wednesday the 11th or 12th. So we are looking at some very much needed rainfall as we get through towards the middle of the month for WA. That system then hopefully brings some rain to South Australia, which has been a little bit drier in recent times. So certainly a mixed bag across the country, Ollie, but rainfall seems to be uh, picking up as we go through, mate. Well, we welcome news for some. And and I think uh, for, for our team that are heading across the country, I myself am heading to Southeast, South Australia and Western Victoria. So I am packing my winter woolies and, and I'm going to go home and make sure I pack properly because I was not ready for that. It's certainly going to be a lot of wet weather, a lot of cool weather. And it's a seasonal shift. And as we look further ahead, Ollie, as you know, to a very quick brief update on what's happening in June and July, we are looking at rainfall likely to pick up the Indian Ocean dipole. It's turning into a negative phase. And for our farming friends, they understand what that means. A wet winter signal is rife at the moment. And Ollie, as we go through springtime, we are looking at some rainfall increasing as we track through August, September, October. Some Problematic flooding could be on the cards part of New South Wales, Queensland, with that Indian Ocean dipole in negative face. But more details on that at weathermatters.org. You know, I love to plug. <laughs> Make sure you check it out. And and Carl, it's it's been an interesting summer. As we we saw, it was below average in temperatures right across the board. Your previous life, are we going to see the winter blues? Is, do we need to be checking on our mates? <laughs> Well, it's always good to check in with our mates and check in that we're all doing well mentally at this time of year and any time of year, really. We've been going through some pretty difficult times with COVID and all sorts of 
other things around the, uh, the nation and the world. So certainly always check in with your friends. In terms of weather, we are looking at probably temperatures at around seasonal across the country, but the west of the nation could be looking at below average temperatures through winter. The east with persistent humidity, the tropics with persistent humidity and the propensity to have more rainfall. We could be looking at above average overnights and near seasonal daytime temperatures. So not a brutal winter at this stage, even though we're looking colder this week through the southeast, but certainly out west, our friends out in the far southwest could be looking at a below average season in terms of temperature, above average season in terms of rainfall. Thank you very much for that, Carl. We'll chat to you next time. Bye for now. Well, that's the weather with Carl. And now we're heading over to Auctions Plus Chief Economist, Tim McRae. Tim, how are you getting on? Yeah, good, Ollie. Good, mate. Mate, all the news at the moment, based off uh, this week's announcement around interest rates, what impact do you see this is going to have on livestock markets? Yeah, I think what we've seen in the last four weeks, and it's been, I think, diluted somewhat by the short weeks, but I certainly think there's a clear consciousness about rising costs of production. I mean, there's certainly in the last two years been a, been a very well-received um, benefit of rising incomes from prices. Um, but if we have a look at some of our um, indicators we use through our sale results, through our auction catalog views, they have been well down through April and even in late March. And I think that corresponds to the um, sharp increase in fuel costs and a general cautiousness of not just consumers, well, everyone's a consumer, but, but general cautiousness towards spending. And I think that's really also being reflected in the livestock markets. Um, a lot more viewers, a lot more, I don't want to call them tyre kickers, but um, you know, a lot more after auction transactions where people are being much more cautious in their spending on if they're buying livestock, um, you know, if it's in a machinery or clearing sale, a lot more caution, a lot more awareness. I think that the, the cost of everything is going up. Off the back of that, and you, you mentioned the increase in price at, kind of at, at the other end of the, the co rising costs of production, but the cattle market's gone back over 1,100 cents a kilo. Do you think we've seen the low point in that cattle market for, for the time being? If we were to go off Carl's outlook, it looks like it's going to be another wet winter. Um, and if we look at what has driven the market in the last two years, it has been an abundance of feed, wet paddocks, and producers chasing stock to put back out there because um, the feed is just running rampant. So, yeah, I think, you know, in the last six weeks, we've seen an EYCI sort of bounce maybe between 1,070 and 1,100. I mean, uh, just bounced back up yesterday to 1,100. 1,107, um, you know, first time back above the 1,100 mark since late March, but it didn't fall much below that. It just was bouncing sideways. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we continue to see the prices move at that level. Um, I always remember historically that the cattle market used to um, bottom out in late May, and that makes sense when there was an autumn break and people were preparing for, for uh, the winter months. You know, we're still here in orange, Yet to see a real cold snap, but I think Carl said that that's on its way. Um, it is. It you know, is. Still got a lot of strength left in it. Um, I think there's still, in a lot of areas, producers are understocked and they still want to chase stock. And with that, there is a confidence that, you know, they'll be buying and selling into the same market, which brings them some, some reassurance. The, the cattle market has certainly had the bulk of the attention 
I think even ourselves, we um, we sometimes forget about our, our little woolly friends, but the land market's really been flying under the radar. Prices have now been lower for several months. What's the outlook here? What can we expect going forward? Yeah, look, um, you know, a really good example of because of the short product, shorter rebuilding and production side of the sheep industry, um, you know, we really saw an impact whether on holding back lambs. They've all come through in April, but combine that with short trading weeks and, and supply chain disruptions, you know, it, um, maybe producers don't want to be told that the land market have been declining back for the last few months. And, um, you know, we continue to see some pretty cautious buying through those lighter lines. Um, yeah, by all means, on a historical basis, prices are still good, but they're good. And I don't think we would have talked about lambs like that for a long time, but it always been a very strong market. Mm-hmm. I think we see that bounce back. We see some traditional seasonality return to the lamb market. Um, if we see some normal seasonality return to the season, um, another wet winter, more disruptions. Um, you know, we always see a spike through the winter months. I still think that will occur. I think it's just a matter of what is still out there in the paddock that had been either, you know, struggled to be finished over the wet, you know, mild summer um, into the Easter break and all the disrupted weeks there. Um, I think we see a land market that eventually just starts to ratchet back up slowly. Um, and, you know, the, the Anzac Day traditional cropping window and that that combination of the, the sheep wheat, um, you know, producer, um, you know, I think they're about to kick into action in, in May, June. It feels scary to say I'm going to ask you about the second half of the year, but this year is absolutely flying, Tim. What's, what's the wild card? Is there anything you're watching, got your finger on the pulse of? Look, through all my training, through all my years, I've always had it drilled into me that at the end of the day, it's the consumer that will dictate, you know, the long-term health of an industry. Um, you know, inflation is, is the, not just the buzzword, inflation is here. You know, we saw the interest rate rise um, yesterday, the first Tuesday of May. You know, I think there's a, needs to be a real awareness of the, the cost of the product to the end consumer. Um, you know, that does filter through, but if we start to see a general um, rise of co- li- you know, living costs, where everything is starting to pinch money out of people's wallets. You know, I think expensive products comparatively, and, and maybe that's the top end beef, you know, at retail level, that certainly lamb has been acknowledged as an expensive product for a long time. You know, I'd, I'd be watching that not just in Australia, but right through all the export markets. You know, you, you, you can't afford to be too expensive at a time when everyone is watching what they spend. Yeah. I think um, also I was going to say, so the other end of the supply chain, so you've touched on the consumer piece, we're actually working on it and in the coming months we'll be releasing the second edition of the gavel. Can you just give us a quick overview of the, the gavel again for this year and, and give a reminder of what it's about, what it's looking to achieve and maybe some of the touch points of this year's questionnaire? Yeah, look, the gavel is options plus um way to stay in touch with um, Australian producers and really see what's driving, you know, their intentions and their feelings about not just livestock, but just, you know, agricultural production in all. Um, last year, the, the, the main results was um, some pretty good confidence for where the industry was heading, um, you know, and a real strength behind um, getting through a really tough COVID period. This one we've tried to focus and really zoom in on this cost of living and inflation 
and how that's affecting on-farm production and their activities. You know, are, what steps are producers taking on-farm to deal with high fuel costs? What are they doing on-farm to deal with you know, shortage of labour? So we're looking at you know, really delving into a, a selected group of producers there about what is happening, what is going on, um, and, and, and sharing that with the rural community about you know, what can be done, how do we deal with rising costs or, or labour shortages that don't go away quickly. You know, these things are long-term impacts on an industry and, and can really shape where an industry goes if not addressed properly. Well, Tim, thank you very much for that. That's the latest markets from Auctions Plus. You can join us each fortnight for the latest news, markets and weather right here on the Auctions Plus In Conversation podcast.